Welcome to Fuck Girl Confessions, where we drink and talk shit about cock. Welcome back to the podcast, friends. Today is day two of recording. Poor Paul has to deal with me yet again. We are sitting here. We're less nervous than we are were yesterday. Probably a little less fuck ups. I'm gonna look at the camera this time, so we're really gonna make some progress here. It's gonna be like a whole new woman. So today's podcast, we are going to be talking about sex. Sorry, mom. Sorry, dad. Please don't listen to this one. Just for all, all episodes. Maybe just don't listen. Thanks. I love that for you guys. Um. So today we're gonna talk about sex. We're gonna talk about all things kind of sexuality. Um. How I kind of came to my own sexuality. How I found out that I was bi. Um. What BDSM is and the different like archetypes of it. Um, And then we're also going to talk about how I lost my virginity as well as how I was actually brought up in a Catholic school setting. So let's start from the beginning. I had been in Catholic school um, for my entire life. So literally from K to 12, I went to Catholic school. Now, this might shock you because obviously I didn't turn out the way that they had planned. Um, I actually got kicked out of religion and suspended a few times. That's besides the point. Um, I went to Catholic school my whole life. We were basically told that, you know, sex is bad. Um, We had these horrible sex ed classes where basically we were told that, you know, remain abstinent, don't do any sort of anything. You have to be sexless until marriage. Now, I thankfully grew up in a very liberal setting. So my parents were very with it. They were very liberal. They were very on it. And you know what? They had horrible sex talks with me, both my parents. It was shocking. You know, you'd think they'd have coordinated that a little better and only one of them would give me the sex lecture. But no, I got two of them. And my dad's was the most surprising. So I remember I was probably 12 or 13 at the time. And I remember my dad was like, he pulled me out of school, which was an often occurrence because my parents believed that if you were doing well in school, you know, you could miss a few hours or so. So I was pulled out of school. My dad took me out for this really nice lunch. Like we went for like a steak lunch at one of my favorite restaurants, and I was like, wow, this is such an uh, like an exciting day. Like, what did I do to deserve this? And he's like, Robin, it's time we have the talk. And I was like, fuck sakes. So I was like 13, sitting with my dad in this really nice steak restaurant. And he goes, listen, we don't condone not having sex. We think that's not going to happen, but we need to have a talk. So basically the talk was, if you're going to have sex, be safe about it, be smart about it. Both my parents were realistic with the fact that, you know, um, I had a like long-term boyfriend by the time that I was like 15. I was in the three-year relationship. So my parents were really adamant about not only like getting me on the pill, but like making sure I understood what sex meant. Um, and so I was actually really happy that I kind of like grew up in that setting, especially considering like school was telling me that like sex was bad all the time. There was no like talk of pleasure of sex. It was literally like, this is an act of God. You're going to get pregnant. You're going to have children. This is, this is the only way to do it. So, um, the whole kind of like sex being fun wasn't necessarily something that was talked about when I was younger. It's not necessarily something that's like even really talked about now. I think in most conversations, it's just like sex is sex. You have sex to get pregnant. And I was pretty convinced that like, honestly, I I'd just get pregnant from like 
having any sort of intercourse, which again, sounds ridiculous. But like at the time I was like, listen, if I have sex, I'm going to die and get pregnant. Amazing. Um, So I lost my virginity relatively young, I think in general retrospect. Again, I had a long-term boyfriend at this point. So I was with this guy for three years. I was 15. And honestly, it was the worst sexual experience I think I've ever had in my entire life. Never would I ever like to relive my virginity experience. Like losing my virginity was the absolute worst sex I've ever had. Not only was it painful, it was messy. It wasn't something I enjoyed. And by the end of it, I was practically in tears. And I was like, you know what? There was no fun in that at all. So first few times, horrible. Um, Obviously, like learning sex with a long-term boyfriend was probably a lot easier than just like getting it over with with a one-night stand. But definitely not an experience I'd like to relive by any stretch. So as I kind of grew up, um, I started to realize that like maybe I wasn't a hundred percent straight. So I like never really said anything until this year. Obviously, is the year that I came out as bisexual. Um, I hadn't really like done or like talked about it or told anyone. And like again, when I told my friends, like no one was really surprised. Everyone was kind of like on board. Um, my mom kind of gave me a bit of a lecture, and she was like, maybe this is a phase. And I was like, mm, yeah, this isn't a phase. I don't think it's going away kind of thing. So thankfully, I mean, my parents were supportive after I think they got over the initial shock. My parents are quite liberal. As I said, like they had me on birth control when I was 15. We had conversations about sex. You know, they know that I have a sex podcast. They know that I talk about dick on the Internet. Like my parents are pretty like with the times for being like mid like my dad's 60 and like my mom is like mid 50s like they're pretty fucking cool like I've honestly like smoked paw with my parents which is a whole other endeavor um but I definitely grew up in like a more liberal setting so I think that like having that open conversation was really helpful in terms of like feeling more comfortable with myself um but I didn't necessarily start to like be more sexually I guess awakened would be the word until the past like year or two. So after my three-year boyfriend, I had probably like six months of a gap where I wasn't dating someone. And then I went into a relationship that I was in for five years. I like lived with the dude. He was really toxic. There were a lot of problems. Um, He had a lot of mental health problems and I was going through it at the time as well. So it was a really toxic relationship. I didn't really, like I learned a lot from it in the sense that like I learned what I don't want and I learned, you know, how to be my own person and all these things that I think were really, really important learning lessons. But I didn't really learn about enjoyable sex until like the past two years. So I would say I was probably 23 when I started like getting sex toys, when I started like thinking that it was more exciting than just like fucking sex. Like it really became a thing for me, I think over the past like two years that it was kind of a more enjoyable thing rather than just like having sex because I felt like I had to. So um, basically one of the first things that ever happened, or I guess one of the first things that like ever kind of got me into it was again, like my boyfriend, my ex-boyfriend at the time had like bought me a sex toy. And honestly, I think we used it twice in, in 
the course of a five-year relationship, which says a lot about that relationship, unfortunately. Um, but honestly, the toy was like, I guess the starting point of like my initial exploration phase. So I think that like everyone kind of goes through some sort of like learning curve in terms of like finding themselves. Mine was, you know, starting a sex podcast, buying a bunch of sex toys and learning that, you know, sex is a lot more fun than what they told you in school. So basically, um, I started to learn kind of about my own body, you know, what I liked, what I didn't like through sex toys. It wasn't actually through partner sex. Like it wasn't through sex with people. Um, also like I learned that I was bisexual after I had sex with someone. So that was a, an interesting awakening moment. So I have, I think I have 15 sex toys now. They all have different options or like different things that they do. They're all for different purposes. Um, I have had the, like I've used some with partners. I've used some on my own. They're, they do different things. So it's not like one size fits all as a sex toy. Um, and I think too, like another thing as a woman is like, porn is really fucking bad. Like it's not something that any of us watch and be like, oh yeah, fuck me. Like no one does that to porn. Like it's horrible. Most of the time it's like male dominated. It's for men. It's not made for women pleasure. Um, I think generally speaking, honestly, like lesbian sex is a lot more interesting for women just because it focuses again on like women pleasure rather than like male dominated porn. Um, so I think that's why to a lot of like only fans and stuff like that have kind of become a lot bigger in the past few years, especially with women. It's just because it's focused more on us rather than a dude, which if you know anything about anything, it takes us a lot longer to come. It's not like an easy thing for us to kind of do. We have to really like get out of our head, get in our own headspace. It's not like a simple, you know, again, one size fits all tactic. Not everything works for everyone. Um, certain situations work better for some people, certain situations don't. So nothing I learned from porn was helpful at all other than, you know, the occasional moaning and saying, daddy, while someone chokes you. That was it. That was the only thing that I learned from porn that was helpful in any sort of sense. Um, so again, like learning your own body is a whole fucking experience. Like, there was one time that I was using one of the like sex toys that I had and there was a setting that I had never used before and Jesus Christ, it was like turning it up and I was like, nope, 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 absolutely it cannot. So definitely a learning curve. Um, again, you kind of like figure the things out as you go along, kind of like how I realized I was bisexual. So with that, um, I obviously had sex with a girl and that was my like aha moment. So I was seeing a guy and he had actually encouraged me to like go see this girl and she was lovely. She's still lovely. Like her and I still keep in contact. Again, it's very like I feel like dating females is so different than dating males. Like it's not a comparable experience. Like the sex isn't comparable you know, the the actions aren't comparable, the relationship isn't comparable, and communication style is completely different. Um, so when I figured out that I liked girls, I was like, okay, I like girls. How do I go about this without telling the whole world that this is what stage I am in my life and I want to figure it out? Um, so I basically got introduced to this girl who's also kind of in the similar like boat as me. 
we hit it off um, and we had sex. And then the next morning or like when I left the next morning was basically the moment that I was like, ah, yeah, I think I could do that again. And then I obviously like had to deal with that. So, you know, learning that you're bisexual at 25 and then coming out um, is not something that I necessarily recommend. I mean, if you're curious, try it a lot earlier than I did because you don't know what works until you try. Um, so definitely trying was the way that I kind of personally figured out. So between really bad sexual experiences previously, learning I was bi, and then this year, like, and last year, kind of taking my own power of my own sexuality, sex has become a lot more fun. Now, listen, I've had my fair share of tragic experiences, which I will be sharing with you guys because, you know, you can't share the good stuff without sharing the bad stuff. And listen, there's a lot of bad stuff a lot. However, I will kind of tell you guys some of the things that I do prior to sleeping with people. I have a very strict not one night stand rule. However, I accidentally had a bit of a one night stand this summer that was unfortunate at best of times. So basically my friend and I, um, I said to my friend that she could set us up on this double date. We went out with this guy and she went out with this guy and she was really into him. The guy was like super lovely. And obviously his friend was like 100% my type on paper. So I ended up sleeping with him. And I thought, I was like, listen, I have made it away with my first one night stand. I'm 25. I have come off scot-free from this. Amazing. I have crushed this. And then um the next morning we went to go get tattooed and this is where the story takes an unfortunate twist and this is part of why i no longer have one eight cents or ever really did um but uh, we were getting tattooed and all of a sudden i get this text from a girl and she goes hey and i was like hey had no clue who she was, like never spoke to this woman in my life and she goes i think you slept with my boyfriend last night and i was like Ah, wonderful. <laughs> so then we started talking. Um, she was actually really nice. I've been the other girl a few other times without like my knowledge. And I was really thankful because this girl was actually like a girl's girl through and through. She was super nice about it. You know, asked me my side of the story. Unfortunately, his side and my side were very different. And the lies that he like told this poor girl were just like so ridiculous. Like, he had said that I was dating someone else that is very much so married in a relationship. Problematic at best of times. Um, however, it ended up working out. She ended up actually becoming kind of friends with me. So her and I are still friends on Instagram. However, that was definitely my bad one night, ex one night stand experiences. So I do not do one night stands. However, I do have kind of like, I think a vetting process before I get into bed with someone, I just figure if I'm gonna have sex and I'm gonna put in the effort and they're gonna put in the effort, I don't wanna waste my fucking time anymore. Like no one wants to have bad sex. Like, yes, you have to have some bad sex in life to get the good sex, but there is a way that you can kind of, I guess, do like have a process to it. So personally for me, I make everyone take a BDSM test. Um, this is like a super easy online test that you take. I think it takes maybe like 15 minutes to go through. 
I do it for myself um, as well, like as I kind of grow into my own. So basically this BDSM test that you take, there's a short version and a long version, and it tells you exactly what you're into. So like it goes into the different archetypes. So say you like being tied up, like that's an archetype or like say you're really dominant or a sub. Um, it tells you about like role playing and like different things that you can kind of do. So I make everyone that I sleep with take the test. Um, no one has said no to me, which is really shocking. I feel like I can send men like anything and they just say yes to it. Like I generally send them a BDSM test, a Myers-Briggs test and a love language test. So basically the three of them put together is like a perfect combination to figure out how someone works. So figure out what their love language is. You figure out what their mentality is. And then you also figure out what they like in bed. So great if you want to do a bit of manipulation and pull the old Gemini tactic. It's really a sound, flawless way to go about it. Um, but I definitely recommend it because you have a lot better sex that way. So speaking about good sex and bad sex, I feel like I should go into my tragic sex stories as well as my good sex stories. So let's start with the bad because I feel like the bad are always funnier than the good ones. So the bad ones are always like just really awkward experiences. So I feel like the one night stand wasn't that good. I would rate it zero out of 10. Um, I would say I've had some other bad experiences that like also end up being good experiences. So if you guys have been watching cocktails for a while, um, you would know that I've talked about a guy named Sockboy. Now Sockboy has very legendary kind of way about him because I was seeing him for four months, found out that I was the other girl. There was a whole fucking thing. He was bad human, very, very bad human. But this man was built like a Greek god. When I say Greek god, I don't mean like a slight Greek god. Like I mean like Hercules style. This man would be on posters kind of thing. So the first time that I ever had sex with him, it was like picking Prada shoes out of a Prada store. You know, you found them on the internet. You said, wow, I really like those. And they showed up at your doorstep. Super easy, super hassle-free. Um, there was really no strings attached. I was literally using him to get over my ex because, you know, the, the telltale um, and tried and tested true way to do it is like get under someone to get over someone. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. However, in this case, it worked. Uh, but the first time we ever had sex, it was really horrible. It was really, really bad. Like there was no part of me that enjoyed it. I think I faked it and I was like, wow, that was so great. But like, it wasn't great. Like zero out of 10, honestly. Um, I think after like the third time, it got a bit better once I like started to figure out him as a person. And also once he started to figure me out, but First time, if we were basing it off of that, I never would have slept with that man again. So unfortunate for him. Um, I haven't really had that bad of sex, to be fair. I've had a few like guys that I've kind of just slept with, like no strings attached. Um, and they're always like the worst, except for the most recent one, like Rye Boy. I'd say he's pretty good. But I had slept with this guy who's like just really hot again. He's like up there on the hot scale, had nothing really going for him, but the sex was horrible. Like I have never had so 
detached sex in my entire life where I was like, dear God, please just make this end. You know, when you're having sex with a dude or like a girl and you know, it's just not going well in your head, you'll just say anything to like end it quickly. That was the vibe of this sex. Like I was like, just get me out of here. I don't know why I said yes to this. I did it two or three more times and then that was it. I have not slept with him since. Thank fucking God. So the best sex that I've ever had, um, again, sock boy somehow made the cut here. Um, he was one of the best sex that I've ever had. Uh, he came over and this was like at the end of our kind of fling, I guess. And, um, I opened the door in lingerie. He ended up bringing in my chair into my house and then it it was just really good. It was really passionate. Um, and that was one of the better times that I've had sex. Uh, I recently had sex with someone that works in, I don't know how to say this without. Mm, so I had sex with a guy that's chiropractor. Amazing. Love that for me. So prior to having sex, I got an entire realignment. And let me tell you, that was it. I'm sure that that breaks so many rules on so many levels. And like, you couldn't, obviously you can role play from the sense of like, that is just a no go. It is breaking so many rules on so many levels. However, having your whole body realigned prior to sex, that shit loosens you up. I stand by it. That was unreal. So 10 out of 10 on that experience. However, questionable back end, obviously can't say who it was, can't say what they do. Um, but that was quite good. I have also had sex, um, obviously with Riot Boy that has been quite good. I feel like after his blocking, I think it got seemingly better, mostly because there was so much time spent apart. So that was quite good. And then I feel like that's it for good sex. I mean, I've never had, I feel like everyone always like talks up about relationships and how, you know, if you're in a long-term relationship, it's best sex you've ever had. You know, you're super in love with them, blah, 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 blah. I don't necessarily agree. So I, maybe it's because I've been in relationships that weren't necessarily like the best for me mentally in the past. Um, but I just found that like, a lot of people tend to get stuck. So if you're in a relationship, a lot of people tend to get stuck in like doing the same thing. Like it becomes so routine that it's just fucking boring. And I think for me, like I've always had better sex with people that I've been in like flings with or like situationships with rather than any partner that I've ever been with. So got to work on finding better partners for so many reasons. However, none of the men that I have ever been in a situationship with would I ever date. So so I have been told that I need to explain why the sex was bad and why it was good. So let's start with why the sex was bad. Listen, there's a lot of reasons that the sex was shit, but let's just break it down from like an actual physical thing to like a mental thing. So physically, it was like awkward. There was no part of it that was graceful. I feel like when you're having sex with someone, it should be a dance per se. You should be, you know, enjoying yourself. There should be some sort of good movement in terms of how your body moves with theirs. It should be a very like natural thing. And the more awkward that it is body movement wise, or like the person just not knowing your body, the worse it tends to be from a physical experience. 
So I think that was one of them. One of them was like the sex positions that this guy was trying to put me in. I remember he had me in like this doggy style position. I was choking me and like pulling my hair at the same time. But there was no sort of like passion with it. It was just very like like smashing someone like that does not work. There's been no woman ever that has come from some sort of half ass penetration from behind while you're attempting to have choker. It's not going to work. It's not going to win that it, nothing. So zero out of 10 on that one. Um, I think whenever the lack of foreplay isn't there. So if you just like go right into it, no, I don't want it. No, thank you. That is not for me. Um, I think foreplay is like, especially for a woman, it's the most important part of sex. So like some women can come from penetration, but most of us don't. Like that's just the way it is. So I think generally speaking, if there's no foreplay, unless you're like drunk and like doing this as like a drunk action and it's like a very heat of the moment thing, no foreplay doesn't work. Like touch me and tell me I'm pretty before you fuck me. Don't just try and put it in and hope for the best. It's not gonna work. So I think from that perspective, that was bad fucking sex. Anything that has no foreplay, anything that has half-assed efforts, anything that's awkward movements, zero out of 10. Um, if you're looking to like get good sex, maybe read the fucking Karma Sutra. Look online, look at Seventeen, look at Vogue. There are so many places that you can find simple sex positions to just try that it is shocking. Honestly, my Google history right now, shocking but try it. <laughs> so in terms of good sex, things that I've had good sex with or like people that I've had good sex with, whenever it has worked, it's because it's been very like passionate. So it's always been very, very passionate. So again, like when I had sex with the chiropractor, um, the whole realignment thing, the reason that it was so good was because I was so relaxed. So it wasn't necessarily the act of like someone doing something that they shouldn't do. However, that was beneficial as well. Any sort of place that you're not supposed to have sex, anything that you're not supposed to do, that sort of stuff makes sex great. Like if you're having sex in public or like semi-public where like no one can see you, but the possibility of someone running into a room is very much so there it makes sex infinitely better. Like, I don't care what you say, have sex in public, but like, don't get caught. Um, also, I think just generally speaking, having someone like put you in a very comfortable position or like make you very comfortable in the sense that like, you don't feel like there's anything else but sex that you need to focus on, that helps so fucking much. So definitely like the realignment, it kind of calmed my body. It made me very, very relaxed. Also, like I was like, okay, now I feel turned on. I have now been thrown. I have been put in handstands to have my back realigned. Like I am telling you, this man picked me up on a couch, had me hanging from my feet, realigning my back prior to having sex with me. 10 out of 10 would recommend. Like it was wonderful. And it was mostly about the experience that it was like, Everything that he did wasn't about like it was all obviously about his satisfaction at the end, but it was also doing things for me that he knew that would like relax me or there was like some element of foreplay to it. You know, like there was always some sort of like, how is she going to react to this? What's the satisfaction also constantly after sex? And I don't know if like a lot of men do this. I would say in my experience, not a lot of them do, but he asked me like what 
I liked and what I didn't. And that was like really, really important. It was just like a simple communication thing of like what worked for me and what didn't. How could he do better? What should I be doing better? Like I didn't really ask because I didn't necessarily care and like I knew the sex was good for him. Um, I mean, I did ask to some extent, but he was more trying to figure out what worked for me. So that was really helpful. I think asking your partner like what works for you or even just like telling your partner like, I was listening to a podcast yesterday and they were talking about just like telling your partner what to do. So like, don't like give them hints, like fucking tell them, like take control of that situation. Tell them what you want. Tell them what you need from them. Like they are there to help you. Like it's not an enjoyable experience for them if you're faking it. Like there's, well, maybe it is if you're really good at acting, but just generally speaking, make sure that you're telling your partner what you want. And if they're not doing it, tell them no. It's very, very easy to say no during sex. I'd be like, nah, that's not it. Like, and then move their hand or move their body into the position that you want them. Super simple. So every single time that I have good sex, it has been super passionate. It has been really like well thought out. The foreplay is there. There's always been some element of like surprise or like, you know, there's been uh, like a lingerie setting or like it's kind of been like half planned out but not really I also think that like role-playing is something that a lot of people don't talk about but it's also really good um my friend and I were having this conversation and she with her boyfriend would like take him to hotels and act like they've never known each other before and then she'd like surprise him at the end of the night and be like hey I have a hotel room want to come back so I think that was also like a really good thing in terms of like keeping things interesting. Talk to your fucking partner. This is not a hard thing to do. Um, talk to them. Slowly introduce sex toys in the bedroom. I'm not saying walk in with like a two-sided 10-foot dildo and hope for the best. Um, make sure that you're doing it in a way that like makes you comfortable and them comfortable and that'll be the best sex that you've ever had. Honestly, so much better and there's just so much more passion behind it. So I've been told that I've crushed this podcast. So that's it. That's all for me. Drink some White Claw and have some fucking sex. Yeah.